always feel special when I'm clapping ineffectually by myself, which, by the way, I kind of do. I noticed I, I, I listened to, I think, episode 28, uh, which I actually thought was pretty funny. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a very good. It was a good episode. Um, that was the Mrs. Winger throws me a fish when I'm clapping episode. Jack Jack really came up with a clever title for that one too. Did he? What is yeah. it? Yeah. Um, HOAs Americanization. Whatever Jeff put in the subject line. I am a robot. He um, you know he's got a lot of projects that he's working on, so he needs to really streamline. And so he created a uh, a program where it's a podcast title generator. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote the code, did he? He wrote the code. He spent three hours writing the code, and that's that's what it, the machine spits out. So that's what okay. we go with. That's what we like go a with. word cloud. The three biggest words in the word cloud are what we call the episode. <laughs> um, so I can't wait to see what the computer says about episode thirty. <laughs> Megabytes clapping. <laughs> Howdy! Welcome to episode 30 of the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as usual, my aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Howdy, Jeff. Uh, uh, hey, I don't have any glitter on me, do I? Do you see any glitter? No. No? Mrs. Winger's no. out of town. I just want to make sure I'm covered. Uh, the listeners don't see any glitter either. Okay, you know what? As far as okay, as so far maybe as all right. So I don't think that we need to have a YouTube channel, though there are worse ideas. Yeah, we'll see. Ah. We'll see how it goes today. Maybe we will. You, you look fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, um, and I look more like John Goodman all the time. And. I'm then that's what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. With with my new glasses, I was just, I didn't watch the Emmys, but I was pretty uh, shocked to see a 15-year glimpse of myself winning an Emmy for uh, best lead in a comedic series. What, what, what series would that be? That would be not my relative Eugene Levy. <laughs> That's funny, uh, and he's a lot older than than fifteen years older than you. He is, but uh, but he's got that those Hollywood doctors. So I think he's he's you know he's in pretty good shape for he's got to be pushing seventy, right? I would think, yeah. Um, uh, he did you know he was up for the role of Toby Ziegler on The West Wing? I did not know. Yeah, yeah. Which would have been a really interesting choice. I'm really glad it went to the actor Richard Schiff, who, I mean, because, you know, Toby Ziegler is like my, uh, well, it's kind of, it's kind of who I am. <laughs> so, um, I just think it would have been an entirely different character if it had been gone to Richard, uh, Eugene Le Levy. Um, yeah. And, um, 
anyway, no, I don't think that's what you look like. Thank you. No. Um, so is John Hamm older than you or younger than you? Um, I think that he's a few years older. Uh, less than five. Okay. So you're not as you're not as broad as uh, John Hamm. Yeah, I, I think you know he's a, he's a jock, right? I think he played he played sports. Maybe high, high school, college. Maybe. Um, I read an uh, read an interview or something, and uh, his sisters uh, commented to him. Um, <laughs> those of you who are listening at at your convenience uh, can't see Brian uh, sitting up straight and straightening his shoulders, puffing his chest out, and uh, and he still looks like Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's bringing all the macho today. So, so John Hamm, I'm, like I'm, I'm like a cross between Eugene Levy and Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Sarah found him first. Yeah, already taken. <laughs> so, um, um. Uh, John Hamm's sister said, you look just like dad, only not fat or like not as heavy or something like that. Uh, so, you know, in his Mad Men uh, mm -hmm. period clothing. Um, and I thought that was an interesting thing to say. Um, I think as I get older, I look more like my dad, but I don't. But, you know, I'm a much bigger guy than my dad. Um but then I also think that parents kind of see what they want to see in their kids. Like, I mean, I think my mom thinks that I look like her side of the family, but um, when I when I see pic, you know, and, I, and there are similarities. Um, uh, it's funny. It's something funny. Yeah, okay, I, I'm laughing. I, I mean, I'm saying it's funny, but I mean like funny, you know, you know, in, in, intriguing, and you're laughing. So, what's no, so laughing. funny? I I'm laughing because my grandmother on my mother's side. Oh, Grandma Morris. Grandma Morris. I I hadn't seen her in in a little while, and as the, the older she got, she she developed dementia. Okay. And, and so, you know, there were days where you weren't exactly sure what you were going to get. But this is really early on, and so like I, I come over and I say hi, and she like just stops and like just looks at me. And she says, you look exactly like your Uncle Timmy. Okay, which is, which is okay. Here's the thing about Uncle Timmy. Timmy doesn't have any cartilage in his nose. Well, you sure do. <laughs> you, you have more cartilage in your nose than a great white... And they're all cartilage. <laughs> <laughs> what was, what was, were you explaining the joke for the people in Nebraska? Man. Go big, so that's why I was, go big red. That, that, yeah, go big red. Don't want to alienate any listeners. Yeah, except maybe Uncle Timmy, who doesn't have any cartilage in his nose. 
proceed. So that that's that. And I was, you know, slightly offended at what grandma said I look like. I'm trying to figure out exactly. what you look like without cartilage in your nose. I mean, is it just like kind of like lay there? <laughs> like sags? Like a, like a comic strip? Have you ever seen Squidward from Spongebob? That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Oh. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, old people... Um, I, well, it's not okay. It, it, it's it's large. It's lot. It's it's mostly old people. But I actually had the sensation myself um, in the eighties. I mean, so I was a young man. Uh, we went to somebody's funeral in Indiana, and I saw a cousin who looked exactly like I remember his old man. I mean, these are people I hadn't seen in twenty years. So I mean, I was actually confused, I, and and it's we're such a close family. I don't even remember their names anymore. Um, maybe it was the second cousin. I don't know how that works. You got your you got your cousins, and then you have your first cousins. <laughs> wow, you're so wise. <laughs> well, I've I've prepared topics, and we're not getting to any of them. But oh, tell me some what, more about what, Uncle Timmy. But was uh, was commenting on my uh, my schnoz on the list. You know what? It, it was it was entered into evidence. Okay. A, All right. A judge would have said, "I'll allow it." Would he? <laughs> you look. Come on! You got to see how that happened. Don't act surprised. I know. I know. I know. I couldn't. I couldn't see it coming, you know, on account of my vision being obscured by your Hollywood doctors. <laughs> yeah. What did you call no. them? My vision was obscured because of the, my oh my nose. Oh. Uh, what did you call Eugene Levy's? Uh, excuse me, Eugene Levy's glasses. Hollywood doctors. Uh, well, no, I said he's got Hollywood doctors, meaning that he's got, you know, he's got money to help. Oh, I thought you were with. calling his glasses Hollywood doctors. No, your your cool eyewears. Now, when I when I bought the Woody Allen glasses in the eighties, they were called the Bowler. And I don't, I, it's hard. I don't think it meant like the bowler hat. I think it meant like the guy who r rolls bowling balls down a lane into, <laughs> into pins. I'm not sure about it. I hear that they let you rent the shoes. Explain this. Is this a sport? Is this, is this a hobby? Well, some people would think so. Okay, so a couple of years ago, and this is, this is how it started, Okay. So, um, at work, we had a, uh, employee appreciation thing and we went to like a fun center or something cause we got rained out of a park and, uh, uh, I had not bowled in like 35 years. I mean, it's really been forever. In fact, the last time, uh, I'm trying to think if I've bowled since that night. What did there used to? Is there still um, 
like a bowling alley on federal uh like um is that bowl yeah, is that bowls federal and bellevue bellevue right it's right down the street from my house my old house yes it's still there uh-huh yeah well i mean as far as you know post post covid i mean oh sure i don't know although you know what you know if you like made every other lane empty which i mean i don't know i don't know how the business works would you be renting shoes would you be putting your feet in somebody else's sweaty shoes look i thought that was that was an iffy proposition that was a sketchy proposition before the plague They hit it with the spray, so it's good. Um. Oh well, if they spray them, that's fine then. Uh, no, but I was thinking. I mean, you know, you go with your group, and you are socially distanced, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's not. You know, it's not like you're having. It's not like you're playing a pickup game of three on three half court with some strangers, shirts and skins or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so was that was that something about Polly with uh, Phil Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah. 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 Uh, at, speaking on behalf of big boned fellows like Philip Seymour Hoffman, I was really triggered by that scene, Brian. Yeah, that movie probably would have done a lot better at the box office that if it didn't have that scene that which alienated a large section of the population. Oh, a large section of the of the of the population, Brian? A huge section. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, Just a massive mor morbid. <laughs> yeah, okay. So um oh, so Tell me about your employee appreciation day at the at the lane. Oh, well, um, they put out the buffet and the guys I was bowling with like took off. So I just threw all their bowl, all their balls, <laughs> all their bowls. Yeah, I did my bowl and theirs too. <laughs> um, so I, called, I, I threw bowling. So after not doing it in a really long time, uh, I threw like hundreds of balls and uh i i felt terrible i mean i mean i i hurt from my shoulder to my hip and it was unbelievable and then the next day is when mrs winger decided to um was the day we were going to start on the lawn uh start a lawn project so we went to home depot and bought a rototiller and um, I worked that thing for four hours and I um, it pretty much crippled myself. I mean, it started like the downward spiral that led to a major uh, joint replacement surgery this year. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I try to, you know, I, in fact, in fact, I just wrote a thank you letter to the surgeon thanking him for his uh, excellent care. Um, uh, appreciating, uh, the work that he did, uh, that, you know, his, uh, his respect for, 
you know, for my um, wishes in the matter. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it, the advancement in surgery, anesthesiology, and metallurgy allowed this thing to be possible. I mean, I mean, a lot of different people had to like look at this and say, I bet we can do something about this aspect of the human condition. Now, ultimately, it's not enough because look, you know, look at us. You know, we're still dropping dead of terrible and loathsome things that, you know, but, but I mean, here's a thing that would have had me walking with a cane or in a wheelchair, but certainly in a lot of pain. I'm sure I would have, I'd, you know, and just knowing my family, history what it is i mean i'm reasonably sure i'd be addicted to something by the way hang on hang on oh there we go there we go all right so anyway um or put on an ice float and <laughs> send out to the ocean brian it's a nice flow f-l-o-e flow I, and then after this, do you want to go get root beer flows? Oh, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, that was my bowling story. It's not a great story, but uh, it's like it's like the uh, it's like the Big Bang of your uh, that all led up to your hip surgery. Yeah, uh, you know, it was, it was, I, I think, I think, I, I wouldn't call it the Big Bang, and not just because I don't want people thinking of the uh, popular but terrible Chuck Lorre sitcom. Uh, I think of it more of the finger which flips the domino and sets them all tumbling. Um, That's better. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously I'd had some problems and things had been. Uh, decaying without my knowledge but I mean that's how it that's how it goes right um, nothing happens when it happens um, but I mean but I guess I guess something happens but no uh, um, uh, like um, you wanna I mean I mean stuff's happening inside of us stuff's happening in the world that you just don't even know about it's always the stuff that you don't think about that you know so uh, what was Oh, I don't know. You know, I was thinking about 9-11 and, and, and just, you know, s stuff happening that Americans were blissfully aware of until they couldn't afford to be anymore. And um, my, my goodness, that's, that's been nearly 20 years ago. So I was on um, a Zoom meeting this morning in which we didn't get as much work done as we might have though uh we uh got to know each other a little and uh, a good time was had um i told the i finished up the the morning with the judy park um mean boys tied a balloon around that duck's neck story and man i'm telling you that is that's a great story but I'll, I'll tell that on the podcast about the time I tell my pants lit on fire story. <laughs> well, I think you, you told the pants lit on fire story, but you left out a big chunk of 
Well, you told me you didn't want your... No, look, uh, I understand that you and I are great friends. But I also know that... Uh, great, great, great friends. Lifelong friends. Boon companions. Um, but I'm also one, one poorly poor decision away from uh, having a restraining order uh, on me. So, uh, because uh, you, you grim folks are uh you grim folk are uh protective of your young that's right i i believe that children are the future oh, shut up <laughs> i would take a swing at you if i was in the same room and you know i would hit snoz i mean how could you not yeah uh, that that was. I'm sorry. That was. Well that was. That was just piling okay. on. That was like. That's okay. That was like the lineman who like runs five seconds after the the whistle's blown and <laughs> like drops on the pile. I apologize. Right. That's okay. I I did quote a really cheesy Whitney Houston song from 1986. Is it that old? It's got to be. Oh man. So, uh, okay. So, all right. So this, I mean, I don't know if this is good podcast material or not, but like I'm having trouble like with my touchpad on my computer to like, you know, navigate and do things because I'm, I'm, I have a bandaid on my finger and I cut my finger so deep that I pro I probably should go get stitches, but I'm, I don't really want to go to the doctor right now. I, um, I was, there was a bunch of junk at the bottom of the dishwasher. Like, you know. Like I'm listening. A, a spoon, a lid. Hair. Just kind of. No, it's stuff. Lettuce. Stuff that falls back. I think the lettuce. There's no lettuce. There's no. Just, but, you know. Well, Ms. Stuff that. Mrs. Winger's like, not stuff, loading it then. <laughs> stuff that is, you know, just kind of fall into the bottom of the dishwasher and then, you know, nobody picks it up. Okay. Right? Okay. But there, but there was also a broken glass in there. Ah! So, so I went in angrily to dig all the stuff See, out. See, you, you shouldn't, you, you should never clean out the dishwasher in anger. Don't drive angry. Don't clean out the dishwasher angry. Okay. And it just cut the heck out of the tip of my finger. And so now, like you know, I have the world's thrown off. You should probably get stitches. I mean, you have insurance. I mean, you're already right. You're already so upside down with medical bills. You're never coming out of that. <laughs> What's <laughs> another five hundred bucks? Come on, and I'll tell you why. Throw another because urgent care on there. Uh, so I, um, when I was a kid, I worked in a restaurant and I cut my pointer, um, cleaning the slicer. Yeah. And uh, Beth Cavan uh, was tasked with taking me to the doctor. I, and I was always kind of sweet on Beth Cavan. Uh, and uh, sh um, and I, I, I remember doing this. I, I thought it would be, I don't know what I was doing. Well, I was, an, I was young and, um, you know, stupid. So, um, 
I, I was just I just did this whole thing like I was scared of stitches and I don't I don't know what the big deal is but I don't think it ever really healed right so like even when I type I don't use pointer I use tall man and um, sometimes I think well this is bad because some people see me with tall man uh, engaged and <laughs> So like there's like a really cute picture again from the 80s. I mean we hadn't been married but I don't know three or four years. Um, I'm sitting in front of like this old typewriter I had. It was like I don't know, a typewriter from like the 40s or something. It had a ribbon and man, I wish I had it now. It was great and um, I mean it weighed a ton. I mean it's just built like a truck. Okay um, and. Uh, it's just a cute picture. It's like me and Mrs. Winger sitting next to me, and I got this old timey typewriter, but I, and I'm smiling, and I got my, you know, I'm I'm doing my hunt and peck, but because on my right hand, tall man is engaged. Even though pointed downward, it really does detract. I mean, it's like. I mean, there's a lot of pictures that could be you know made better of me, with. Uh, what do they call it when the glamour magazines airbrush airbrush i could use some airbrushing i i will i will readily admit when when sarah and i had our 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 pictures taken professionally for for work uh six six or seven years ago uh, she she tells the photographer, "Listen, I am not interested in reality." <laughs> <laughs> and I just I thought that that was just a, a great a great. Moment. I am not in the least bit interested in reality. <laughs> and what what you just said about a tall man engaged, uh, <laughs> there are times when. <laughs> I wonder if we could. Well, it would probably be. A little, a little, a little fast, a little racy to like start a line of clothing called Tall, Tall Man Engage. Like some really cool t-shirts. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> maybe, maybe some caps. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a mask. Uh, heavy knit sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah. A hoodie. A hoodie. Tall Man Engage. Full zip. Not that, not that half zip crap. <laughs> uh, you know, a half zip might as well be pajamas. Okay, we've gotten a long. Speaking of masks, Brian, who is this episode of Managing Expectations brought to us by? Well, I believe that it is sponsored by. Hang on, let me check my let me check my sheet. Go ahead, Brian. A sponsored by, brought to you by. The support of our partners at Mrs. Winger's Masks. You know, there are times when you need to have the confidence that comes with looking good and feeling good. So, looking look good, good, feeling good, being good. Being good. Be good, Brian. <laughs> Behave. Be be cave. Yes, I don't think they stay in caves. I think it's called something else. I can't remember. So, wear a mask, save a life. <laughs> I don't know. 
Is that is that the tagline? Buy, buy a buy a mask. You know, you can never be too careful out there. Save a life. Buy a mask for my wife. That rhymes. Huh? Oh, I got sick flow. <laughs> what sick flow? <laughs> Don't make flow sick. Make a Hopefully. mask. Wear a mask. Buy a mask. Yeah. Sick flow is what we're hoping to avoid yes. in this current climate. Mm -hmm. So, Avoid totally sick flow. Wear a Mrs. Winger mask. It doesn't matter who you ask. They'll say, wear a Mrs. Winger mask. How are some guys able to put things into verse and I sound like um, a participant in the in the bad Dr. Seuss contest. Today's episode of Sesame Street is brought to you by the letter A. And Mrs. Winger's mask. That's funny. Dot square dot site. Mrs. Winger's masks dot square dot site because she hasn't pulled the trigger on that, that but we've already talked about that so yeah. um okay you. okay so go, going back really quickly yeah. whitney whitney houston's song was released whitney houston's song the greatest love of all released in 1985 if you can believe that i can't for one second i can't uh so here's an interesting okay hang on um uh Okay, just making a note in case in case I didn't want to rely on the podcast title generator. Which I don't know why you wouldn't. But. <laughs> Mask! <laughs> so, so get this. Okay, so we, um, on the meeting, uh, my meeting this morning, there was a young, a young guy <laughs> and, uh, um it was like it was like Peter Parker talking to Tony Stark, right? It was like Hey Mr. Stark, do you remember that re you ever heard of this really old movie called Jaws? <laughs> and he starts he starts laying out <laughs> the the plot of Jaws. Well, he doesn't really like lay out the plot, but he's like talking to you know, what he's talking about is the mayor, right? He's like he finds the mayor um, a comical uh, character in his, you know, avarice. And, yeah. Right. Um, fast, fast talking, you know, smooths everything over. Don't want to shut down the economy because of some stupid shark type of thing. Amity means friendship. Yeah. It would be a lot funnier if it wasn't apparent in the year 2020 that uh, the entire world is at best run by the mayor of Amity. Right. So, so in every, every sector, every institution, there's the mayor of Amity. Pulling the strings. Yeah. The beaches will be open on the 4th of July. Um... Was it that Hooper boy that got eaten by the shark? Mm, that sounds about right. 
Ho no, Hooper. Hooper was the Richard Dreyfus character. He should have gotten eaten by the shark. In the book, I think he does. does I he think really? so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he goes in the cage. Shark goes in the cage, goes in the water. Shark's in the water. Farewell and adieu, all your fine Spanish ladies. And that's how it went. So I think Chief Brody in the book is the only one who uh, uh, lives. So um, it was it was funny. Um, so anyway, he he's like, because you know in Civil War in Captain America's Civil War, he's like, you guys ever see that really old movie called Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> it was such a great line. And since I had this kid on this on this meeting, it was. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. We started talking about. Spielberg's made a great dramatic choice um, in not exposing the shark until the end. Mm -hmm. But it was also a practical choice because special effects weren't what they used to be. And as it is, there are people who dismiss Jaws uh, incorrectly, in my view, as a giant rubber shark movie. And I think that it's, it's, um, it's better than that. Wow. A lot scarier than that. It's scary. It, it's thrilling. It's suspenseful. Would you call it a horror movie? No, nor would I. I would call it a suspense movie. Um, I think that if you call something a horror movie, you're uh, you're you're bringing up um, the supernatural, monsters, the occult, a, a slasher, right? Okay. Would you um, call Silence of the Lambs? A horror movie? I think that if it's not, it'll it'll do until one gets here. <laughs> well, I think if you're not horrified by Silence of the Lambs, there's something wrong with you. I don't I don't know what to say to you. Um, yeah. But I don't think um, I wouldn't call it a horror movie. Just because I don't think again, because I, I I go back to like the occult aspects of the definition. So I didn't see I didn't see what Red Dragon and then Hannibal and like you know the follow ups and the prequel and all this other no. stuff I I haven't seen I haven't seen those, um, but my understanding is that they kind of toe kind of toe the line a little bit with uh, they get kind of close to some of this spookier stuff don't oh, they Oh I don't know. Well, I mean look, uh, there's something dark working in ser serial killers, so. You know, there was, um, there was, there was a movie in like the late '80s, no, not even mid '80s, called like something like The Believers. I think it had Martin Sheen in it. It was directed by John Schlesinger, who also did Marathon Man. Yeah, I'm freewheeling, I'm freestyling, um, and it was like super occulty. And then there was like these terrible killings in Matamoros. Mexico, which is just over the border, and they were like all occult and stuff. And apparently, I don't know. I don't know if it was just the media or if, like maybe at the murder scene they just found a VHS copy of this. Is am I right? It looks like you're looking something up you're, instead of hanging on my every man. word. And when it, when absolutely, Brian, I expect you to do both. <laughs> so, uh, man, so you you're you're nailing this thing. Um, 
Martin Sheen, directed by John Schlesinger, came out in 87. Uh, IMDb calls it a crime drama horror movie. There you go. Crime drama horror is maybe how you would classify uh, clip, uh, Silence of the Lambs. I mean, I, I honestly, I think I saw an edited uh, version on CBS and I thought it was so scary. I hate, and, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Um, because Aliens is scary, but not real, okay? Um, Silence of the Lambs is all too real. There's really crazy guys trying to get chicks in the back of vans. And um, uh, that's that's nothing I want to be entertained by. Yep. Yeah, same here. I certainly didn't see Silence of the Lambs in the theaters or anything like that, but I think I watched it on CBS or whatever. And uh, yeah, that was enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... Once, one, one, one time on edited for television is fine. Yeah, yeah. I... Um, uh, you know, that's that's my personal preference in the matter. Um, where, you know, whereas, you know, I'm not trying to be all high and mighty because I'm sure I'd, I'd watch something else that would shock people, you know. Actually, that, that kind of came up, you know, we were, um, so we were talking about Steven Spielberg. We, uh, we talked about Jaws. Oh, well, just before we move on from Jaws, I just want to say, well, no, no, I'll do this. So, so like Schindler's List, I mean, I would never, I mean, a lot of people have seen it. But and 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 I've seen it, and I wouldn't be critical of it. Though one of the women on the call was like, "Yeah, I'm sure it's realistic," but you know, there's a lot of things that are realistic that you don't want to see, you know. And um, yeah, and I and look, I I totally get the point. I think that the ugliness of the world insinuates itself in our life. Uh, in various ways, in accidents, in, in hotel, or not hotel, <laughs> oops, hospital rooms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a black light taken to your hotel room. <laughs> now that's a horror movie. <laughs> so, so the ugliness, you know, I was like really, I was really shooting for something kind of, kind of, you know, literary. And then I said hotel instead of hospital. What an idiot. Anyway. So much for freestyling. Okay, so we're talking about Jaws being more than just a giant rubber shark movie, and um, somebody c compared it to King Kong, like the 1933 version. And um, then I did the math. So King Kong in 33, Jaws in 75. So we are now f further away from Jaws than Jaws was from King Kong. And we're nearly as far away. No, no that's not true. That's not true. Um, but I mean, it took, it took another 15 or so years for Spielberg to raise the stakes with Jurassic Park, which as you know, Brian, is not as scary as Jaws. Oh, I was about to say that's the like the standard for like a thriller suspenseful movie. That's <laughs> because you were eight years old when you saw it. I don't think I was eight. I might have been twelve. But um, the 
when I saw Jurassic Park the first time in theaters, um, Dolby had a new. I bet you were fifteen. Digital. Weren't you fifteen or sixteen? Mm, maybe. Uh, I can't. I can't remember when it came out. Hold on. Hold on. I'm just. I'm just asking questions to try to figure out how old you are. I want everybody in our studio audience to know how old you are. I was sixteen. That, boom. Man, I am crushing it with math today. Yeah, great job. Yeah. Ad- addition, subtraction, doing great. <laughs> when I first saw Jurassic Park in the theaters, Dolby had, had started doing a new digital audio thing. Wow. Yeah. And, and the theater was so loud when I saw this. <laughs> and uh, like my ears hurt afterwards, but I... I who cares? Who cares? I was blown away. Can you can you do the sound for uh, THX sound at the beginning of the movie? No. Wouldn't it be? I'm not familiar. But with it'd be really it. funny. I'm not, familiar, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. Can you remind me what it that sound is? Okay, so as, as see, I don't see as many movies as you do, and that that's true. Uh, but it's like uh, what? Maybe I just see the same movie every Monday night. <laughs> How was Sir Sharon and Knight at the Grimm household last evening? Oh, top notch. <laughs> uh, so that's good. funny. So good. So good. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't do the noise, but it would be really funny if I could. Can you do the HBO? noise uh signature um you know like with the white noise and then the angelic chorus doesn't isn't there like a oh maybe at the end i don't know i can't afford hbo brian why don't you tell me about it it's not tv <laughs> it's hbo uh this episode of the managing expectations podcast is brought to you by mrs winger's masks cbs's edited versions of movies and hbo it's not television it's hbo hey uh what do you know about honey badgers not much did you know it's a real animal Mm -hmm. i didn't know that I did not know that until today. And in fact, if to the extent that I'm even aware of the words, I, I think that I was thinking in my head that it was like a, a made-up thing. Like, like wasn't there a, a YouTube sensation several years ago called Honey Boo Boo? Yeah, that's a different thing. Yeah. Way different. There, so there was a, there was a thing on YouTube about honey badgers and it was like an an individual a person is like narrate like saying some ridiculous narration about the honey badger i don't know and it's 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 profane and oh no kidding some people some people found it hilarious i didn't it was just kind of annoying oh so maybe that was the thing okay Mm -hmm. well so no they they, i i didn't okay so it kind of looks like maybe like an african wolverine is that in the ballpark? Short, short, squatty legs, wide, kind of a wide body. 
Yeah. I mean, it kind of looks like a skunk, but not, but it doesn't smell, but it's got some, you don't even know what it looks like? No. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. Nothing like a, I mean, it's kind of like a skunk, but bigger, more aggressive. Yeah. Apparently it's fearless. <laughs> Is it? Apparently. I mean, so I watched like a, a two minute, like a, like a, like a three minute video on YouTube that looked respectable because yes, I was also warned that you can get into some, um, some, some stuff about honey badgers that you don't really want to see. But this was, this was narrated by a South African in khaki shorts. So it had to be okay. So, um, it was like two honey badgers, um, come into like two lionesses and like two adolescent lions okay so four on two yeah well like the honey badgers weren't backing down i mean you'd have thought that anything with sense would have like got out of there right so like i would have the, the two younger lions come up and they like start batting these these things around and the honey badgers like start giving it back and then the lioness See if this see if this sounds like anyone you know. Says, "What are you doing to my young? I'm getting in there." <laughs> Not doesn't ring a bell. Go ahead. <laughs> you got you just got nothing. Not familiar. <laughs> so 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 the honey bat. I mean, so it like takes a bite into this into the honey badger in like in the midsection and it was i mean they didn't like show everything because it wasn't that kind of video though apparently there is like a lot of real real nature on youtube hmm. so, so it, it, then the honey badger okay so get this according to the south african in khaki shorts um a honey badger's got really loose skin so it has the ability to like almost like twist around in its own skin, okay. And awesome. and it 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 gets a chunk. See if it gets a chunk out of the lioness's um, nose, and she lets him go. And then does the honey badger run away? No, it does not. It gets after the lioness, and the lioness is like, "Are you kidding me?" thought we were done. Uh, yeah yeah and then but the thing is like the, at this point the lioness is in pain and instead of getting mad about it she's like you know wants to do the thing that so i don't know i i mean i didn't really commit it i, I mean it sounds like i committed it to memory having watched it once this morning but in fact i have not um well like that's that's the thing like if you're like being attacked you, you go for the sensitive spots on an animal and the nose that's like if you're attacked by a shark punch him in the nose punch him in the nose down but in a downward motion oh you can't punch him straight in it, no because you got you're fighting you're going against water what are you doing if you punch down brian at the water i don't know how water works but it separates better that's the stupidest thing you've ever said. I don't think that's true. If it turns out, if anyone, you know, if anyone has information uh, indicating that it's easier to move through water vertically than horizontally, 
please let us know. Look it up. Text us. Yeah. Um, this would be a good time for me to drop our contact information. Yeah, we have we've, we we haven't done that. No, for a while. it's because I don't have it in front of me. Maybe on episode thirty-one, we'll get back to doing that. Okay. Um, so, um, I had to get stitches on the end of my nose one time. Did I ever tell you that story? I don't believe you did. I was playing with my dog, and what kind of? he was a puppy. Uh, so uh, this was Scout. This was the uh, yellow oh, yeah, lab, yeah. and uh, and we were messing around, and I took his toy from him. And and I was holding it in my mouth. <laughs> so down on the ground, and he was like, "Okay." So he went after me, and he would try to take it from me, but he caught the tip of my nose with his tooth, and uh, and it, it cut me pretty bad. And so I went to the bathroom. I looked in the mirror, and I, you know, I'm holding up, you know, like a towel to it just to keep the, get the blood off of it, and and I take the towel away. And it's it's sliced real deep, and I'm like, I, I'm gonna have to go in on this, and I don't know how I'm gonna explain this to another adult. <laughs> and uh, so I go in, huh? and, and and it just won't stop bleeding. My eyes are watering, you know. Oh, is that the is that what you said? I'm sorry, doctor. I I, I just can't stop my eyes from watering. <laughs> He's such a good boy. <laughs> Please don't cut his head off and send it to Boulder. <laughs> so, so they come in there and he's like, "So this is this is gonna hurt. We'll numb you up the best we can, but you've got to take like six needle injections to the tip of your nose, and it hurts so are you, bad." Are you baiting me? Are you making this up on the fly? Just no. This is this is true. If you were here, you'd see I have a scar. I have a scar right here. Well, I'm here, and I can see that, of course, your nose could take six needles. Of course, your dog caught your nose. I mean, is that what you want? Are you, is that, were you setting me up for that? Listen, listen, listen. Just because the fruit is easy to pick doesn't mean that you should pick it. Pick? Okay. Is that really the word you want to use? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Re referencing <laughs> your your Philip Seymour Hoffman esque nose. Anyhow, so I ended up with three stitches and in, in, into my nose, more and, than um, I got in pointer next to tall man. <laughs> right, but uh, you keep talking like this. Tall man will be engaged. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, anyhow, so so I had to go around for like two weeks with like a blue thread tied in a knot, you know, three three blue thread stitches in the tip of my nose, which... Wow, that's... that's yeah, that, no, that wouldn't have been great. Um, nope. Uh, did you have a little Band-Aid on it like Jack Nicholson in Chinatown? Yeah. You ever seen Chinatown? No. I've been to Chinatown. <laughs> okay, Little Saigon on Federal is not Chinatown. 
Wow, that looked rough. By the way, when I was there, what was it last year? It, it looked rough. Yeah. Um, is that okay? So uh, the I mean, Denver is overall a, a gentrifying place. Um, what do we attribute the? I mean, are the Vietnamese getting more successful in moving out to the suburbs? Are are there? demographic shifts i i mean um, I, I think we've talked before and, and this happens in cities but i mean poor people have to go somewhere and social pathologies are accentuated when uh they're concentrated right so so parts of of denver have gotten very expensive very quickly Okay, all of Denver's expensive by Texas standards, but go on. Um, and so there's there's a handful of pockets where it's not as expensive. Um, and so I think that you've seen, uh, you know, like you said, gentrification take place, and so it's pushed out, you know, certain communities um, to find, you know, cheaper places to live. Okay. And um, so you, you get to that section of federal where um, it's not it's not especially convenient. I mean, you can get downtown from there, and you can get to hit parts of the city from there, but it's you know it's not exactly convenient to get to other places. So you, these other pockets that have gotten really expensive, you've seen why they've been popular um, because of you know convenience or or location to different parks or access to highways or whatever. These places, there, there just hasn't been uh, any kind of draw. Um, so they've, they've remained relatively inexpensive. I wonder, um, uh, I, I suppose that the people in favor of all of this, a gentrifying city, um, where, wherever it may be, have to pay some lip service to uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. That it mm -hmm. everybody, but but I didn't find that to be the case when I was when I was writing for that newspaper on the west coast, and I was in the Bay Area. I mean, it was just like the bus boys were getting were going to get squeezed out of not just San Francisco, but the San Jose side of things, everybody was going to end, I mean, the poor, the working class, were all going to end up on the East Bay um, side of things in a rough neighborhood and have to face a horrific commute every single day to make a living. Yeah, yeah, I think that that, that saying applies to boats. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make that up? Uh-huh. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. That saying. <laughs> okay, go on. Um, so, but but I, but but I think that that's the case in a lot of places, where you know, it's a it's a tougher commute for people, or, um, you know, they or the 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 conveniences that they've enjoyed, you know, being able to being able to walk. A neighborhood, um, they, they lose out on that just because they are forced into uh, into other areas where they don't have those things anymore. 
So in so if we're if we're to continue to compare Denver to say Northern California or what people think of as Northern California, which is the San Francisco Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose. Um, uh, Denver is incredibly sprawled out. It's a city that grew out instead of up, and and, and it could. Because you've got the entire eastern plains of Colorado, which are indistinguishable from Kansas and Nebraska. Um, and you can go north and south and hug the foothills, which is what people like. And mm -hmm. it remains dry and temperate. Um, but so, somebody told me in the 80s that um, you know Den Denver was more like Paris going out than London going up. And um, uh, it's still not as sprawled as Northern Cal as the Bay Area, right? Uh, so I'm sure that life is is very hard for for many people, but they're not. Um, it's not as tough. Uh, what am I trying to say? Their commute ultimately probably isn't as bad, though. I'm sure some people have a terrible commute. Is that? Yeah. Does that? I mean, do you yeah. follow? I mean, you you, yeah. you can get yeah. around Denver easier than the the Bay Area is what I guess what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. So I think that you know somebody with a bad commute is talking one hour each way here in Denver. Okay. I mean, there are some people that will you know either live you know either further south or, or further north, and they may have an hour and a half commute. Right. But you know you you read about people that have to have a two hour drive into the city in Northern California, like you said. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I remember, okay, you know, when we talked, you know, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about how dreadful the late 70s were. And I, and I stand by that, even though things are in many ways more existential now than then. Um, but there was just, just a soul-sapping, spirit-depleting aspect to that decade, which I will never forgive. But um, at some point, late 70s, early 80s, my old man was driving from South Jefferson County to Boulder. That was his, I mean, yeah, he was, he was working. He was managing a, a store in Boulder. And um, uh, God, it's no wonder the old man drank. I mean, but it was, um, it was, it was a tough beat. You know, you can imagine doing yeah. that in the winter. I mean, can you imagine doing it five no. days a week? No. Yeah. No, and, and that... Um, well, that, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, it was a series of bad choices and life decisions that got him there, and probably another bad one to keep doing that, but anyway. Yeah, but that's probably two-lane highway most of the way back then. Uh, yeah, I think uh, so. Uh, it would have been awful. And, I mean, dangerous, frankly. Well, because my old man was on the road, and I don't know how... I'm thinking Boulder is probably a four-beer trip. Four or five? Yeah. No, I mean, you, you get into sections of, of the foothills there, and, uh, and in the wintertime, it can just be nasty. I mean, it, it, it can get really rough really quickly if a storm rolls in. Hmm. Yeah. What, what do you always say about nature? 
It's, it's amazing. Nature's amazing. <laughs> I can't believe what an idiot you are. Um, we, uh, <laughs> I was, I was, I was, exp I was saying that the thing Texans and um, Australians have in common is an understanding that most of the natural world will kill you given a chance. So you just better kill it first, just to make sure. Well, because uh, because the conversation, you know, talked about. Okay, again, the kid, Mr. Stark. Have you ever seen this really old movie <laughs> called Jurassic Park? Anyway, um, uh, he he was talking about um, the Europeans. Well, we were we actually one of, one of the women on the call had lived in, was originally from Philly, but she'd been in uh, Virginia, New York, Toronto, and and she misses the fall, and um, how. And 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 so here's here's the thing: when the Europeans dropped, they dropped in the Northeast. And obviously they needed the help of the Native Americans to survive the first winter, understood. Um, uh, but ultimately it was a much more hospitable climate than the Europeans found when they got to Australia. In Australia, everything wants to kill you. And, and, it, and so imagine if the first Europeans had come to Texas with Comanche and cactus and, you know, it's taran tarantulas. Okay. I've never seen a tarantula. You don't have tarantulas in Texas? I don't think so. Really? Mm -hmm. Scorpions then? Uh, probably. Yeah. And there's spiders that'll, I mean, there's a thing called a brown recluse. Do you have those in Colorado? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like, if you want, you could probably get one if by going out and getting underneath your workbench right now. Yeah, yep. that's because that's how it goes. So, um, yeah, no. So, so, so I mean, uh, um, the northeast of a uh, part of North America, while allowing for um, hostility among the natives and harsh winters and, and so forth, it's still a very lush and fertile area to land in so so i mean they had that advantage it wasn't like everything was trying to kill them in fact they could look up and in due course expand to the shenandoah valley and think nature is amazing and they could delude they, and they could delude themselves into thinking that this is all just lush and fertile and for our and for our benefit as opposed to a harsh mistress that would seek to kill you. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, on that chipper note, um, we're, uh, why don't we wrap it up? I didn't even, I didn't even get to my notes. We just put, uh, put that sweet baby, uh, down for in case conversation lags on our next episode. Not likely. <laughs> Just well, just really quickly, just just read through it like as a teaser for what our listeners have to look forward to, to next time. Maybe if we get to it. Well, Brian, thank you for this opportunity. I would like to read my list as Will Farrell doing Harry Carey. 
because in the future, future episodes. <laughs> this sounds this sounds more like throw mama from the train. <laughs> Which character? <laughs> Danny DeVito. <laughs> uh, future episodes will uh, 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 have conversation about reading ebooks versus the tactile experience of reading actual books, the essence of the blues, the movie The Founder with Michael Keaton, uh, Ron Swanson, and that other character actor, Jane Austen novels and movies, because apparently Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility are two different works. Didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we did hit on honey badgers, and I don't think that we need to really. Probably going to cross that one off. I think. Okay. I think we probably covered that as well as we're capable. So it's like an African wolverine. The end. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Proof rock. Uh, that is the uh, the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock by the great poet of the early twentieth century, T. S. Eliot. Uh, and. Uh, I have, I've been thinking a lot about going back to the dentist for the first time since uh, COVID-19. And uh, I don't want to go, but I think I need to. And that made me think for some reason about uh, this dentist that I went to in Kansas City until he had a midlife crisis. I'm going to leave that right there. I, I got two fillings about a week and a half ago. Was the guy together or was he... <laughs> transmogrifying into the Don Knotts character in Three's Company. No, it wasn't anything like that. Okay, so we've got some... It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> well, we obviously have some dentist stories to swap. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, thank you for joining us for episode 30. 30 of the... It's, it's 30-something... Uh, it's 30 something. Yeah. Um, of the Managing Expectations podcast, a, a production of the uh, Winger Communications uh, Syndicate. Uh, <laughs> Syndicate. Did you just, did you just kind of grunt through your nose laughing? Why does everything have to be about your nose this episode? I don't know. It's just imposing itself. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, the is is the and, thing is, here's the thing is that the kids and Sarah say that I will like make a comment that I find amusing and will then laugh through my nose to myself. I've and, and they say and they say you do it all the time. I'm like, do not. I've never heard you do it. Never until this very moment. And now, as far as I'm concerned, you do it all the time. It's like the comedian said about wives, like first time you ask us to do something we don't even hear you second second time we don't think you're serious third time you're nagging <laughs> yeah you know mrs winger doesn't think that's a funny joke at all i, I heard a, a funny joke about wives it said uh <laughs> no. what are we at the lodge are we at the american legion what's going on now i was trying it's to get like, out of here it says I, it says, what are you reading it? Is it in the New I Yorker? I wrote this down. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs>
It reads this way. <laughs> it says, I was sitting, I was sitting uh, down watching TV the, the other day, and my wife turns to me and says, you weren't even listening to me, were you? And I thought to myself, that is an unusual way to start a conversation. <laughs> <coughs> That's funny. And one that would be much more agreeable to yeah. Mrs. Winger because it doesn't involve actually doing work that she needs done. I think she doesn't she doesn't mind me being uh, emotionally unavailable uh, as long as I, you know, do do some portion Just of get the some things done around here. Just something for God's sake. Just do anything. Do you do you have like ten masks that you have to name while she's out of town? No, but I sold. I we sold five really, yesterday. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cash on the barrel okay. here. Well, not cash, e cash, cash app than Zell. So this episode of Managing Expectations, the podcast, has been brought to you by Mrs. Winger's Mask, CBS Movies, HBO, Zell, and Cash App. We are. We are doing it. it. Yep. Which, but uh, it's uh, uh, we got we got things to do. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, folks. Uh, Brian, thank you're you. You're welcome. Great to be with you. Let's, go, Let's to go to work. Let's go to work. And we'll keep working. Okay. Go. <laughs> I don't like this part. I really don't like this part. <laughs> Why do you? I just.